You're listening to the Around the Lens podcast, the home of high-quality, roundtable, visual journalism discussion about the news, topics, and gear related to our career field. Now, here's the host of our show, David J. Murphy. Hello and welcome to episode 239. I'm your host, David J. Murphy, a freelance visual journalist based out of South Korea. Our regular co-host joining us this week, all the way from Hawaii, is Ron Hamilton, a broadcast journalist with Eagle News. Hello, Ron. How are you? Good morning, David. It's uh, 3 a.m. here in the Aloha State. As I'm always. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Indeed, indeed. Glad you can join us. Love your background, by the way. Is that a fridge? Would you like a beer? Yeah. If you could just pass that through the internet, I would really appreciate it. There's no beer in my refrigerator, Dave. What? I'm okay. a teetotaler. Liquor? No? Oh, really? Wine? Nothing? Okay. Well, too bad. Got water. You can turn that into wine. Anyways, our guest this week is, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this, Camila Falco. She's almost there. Almost there. Okay. <laughs> give, give me, I'll do an exchange program in Brazil. You'll, I'll be your student. I'll live in your house and you can, you can teach me uh, Spanish uh, or Portuguese. Is, is it Portuguese? Okay. Yes, okay. Portuguese. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to learn Korean, okay? Give me a break. Uh, Camila, so great to have you here. Uh, so Camila is a photographic artist based out of Sao Paulo, Brazil. So glad to have you, uh, Camila. How is everything in Brazil? Uh, not so good. Yeah. Not so good at all. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Are you holding up? You doing good? You staying away from the COVID? Keeping healthy? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm keeping healthy and I'm keeping as much as possible um, at home. Yeah. But um, things are not good. Oh. We have the worst president in the world yeah. right now. Bolsonaro, right? Are you sure about that? Oh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. He can be, you know, Trump is, is bad, but Bolsonaro is worse because he wants to be Trump. Oh, my gosh. It's like a wannabe. Well, the good news is, I mean, if Biden is elected, he'll want to be like Biden. So it'll be, right? Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> have, they, have they been able to do anything about the burning of the rainforest or is that still going on? Well, they don't want to do anything about it. Yeah. They encourage that. Oh my actually. god, that's the most tragic thing out of all this is just the complete environmental devastation and just complete short-sightedness in, in terms of that. Yeah, it's I agree. Horrible. I agree. Yeah. Has uh, as the disease or anything like is it you know the lockdowns and all the other things going on has that uh, impacted your ability to work? Yes, totally. Um, I I have like two ongoing projects that are just not happening right now. Oh I, my gosh. I yeah, I can't like go to into people's house. I, I I don't feel comfortable even asking them. No, so I can can I go to your house to photograph you? I I just don't feel comfortable to mm -hmm. to do that yet. Maybe in a few months, but I still don't feel comfortable now. Yeah. I think it's going to really honestly take until a, a widely available vaccine has been, you know, again, widely distributed amongst most of the populace for people to feel comfortable, you know, interacting and maybe letting their guard down a little bit. But even then, it's it's dubious how effective those will actually be. I've heard 
you know, things like, oh, maybe it'll be like 50% effective and stuff like that. I'm hoping that they got things figured out before we head back to America next year, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the show. We got a lot to talk about this evening. Our first story is about a photographer who is facing backlash for the voyeuristic images of strangers' text communications that he had taken. Uh, the photographer by the name of Jeff Mermelstein, uh, which, by the way, Ron, did you try and get him on the show? You usually like to reach out to the folks associated with stories. Any, any I, don't, I didn't call this guy. No, I didn't. I didn't even think about it. I thought about the show topic. Me and Zach were talking online about it, but then yeah. uh, I never followed up with, with the guy. Oh, too bad. We'll be in need of have him on here and kind of, you know, talk about the story and defend himself and whatnot. Right, uh, right. But the story is from F Stoppers and was by Scott Mason. And I uh, definitely recommend you all go check that out. It's a pretty interesting read. And I, I looked up his imagery and, and what's being published in this book. And it's interesting. You know, I mean, it, it is pictures of people's text messages, but it's anonymous, you know, as much as possible. It's You're not seeing who it's from or to. It's just sort of the intimate dialogues people have on text message and probably a, a reminder to all of us to perhaps be more guarded with what we do and say in a public forum. Uh, but anyways, with every episode and our first topic, we always like to give our guests the opportunity to chime in on it first. Um, so Camila, what are your thoughts about this story and, and kind of Jeff's um, sort of photographic adventure here? Do you, do you kind of... Uh, think what he's doing is okay or you uh do you have to think there's issues with it i don't think what he's doing is okay at all actually i think it's very disrespectful and to be honest i don't like the results of it it's just in, uh, it's just not interesting right statically and i you know it's just the thing is just too disrespectful with people i i, I don't care if uh, we cannot recognize it, uh, you know, the who is, it's just like an invasion. Do you, uh, do you guys know that work from Filippi uh, Larca di Corsia, Heads? I'm not familiar with that, no. I don't know that one. Yeah, it's, well, statically it's pretty great, the prints are fantastic. Yeah, I've I've seen that on on a show in New York when it came when it came out, but uh, the thing is, it's like this. Um, he set up a, a camera and a flash in the middle of oh, Times, yeah. Times Square, mm. and mm -hmm. people would when people got in, to a certain point. The camera and the flash would, uh, um, how do you say, uh, fire? Pops, mm -hmm. yeah, fire, Pops, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the, the the flash would just, like, you were, like, just walking on the street, and out of the blue would come, like, a flash in your face, mm -hmm. and you just, you were not able to see the camera or anything else. And then you see... So your your picture in a gallery or in a museum and he is making lots of money mm. out of it without asking you permission or anything so i've seen a video uh that is on youtube it's very easy to find of him talking about this and he says that he 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 thinks that he has the right to do so but he says oh but you know Maybe I wouldn't like to 
to <laughs> that to be done with me. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you guys very white male, you know. He thinks he can do whatever he wants and that's it. It's the same with this guy. He cannot do that. Just cannot. You know? And with Philippe Larca de Corsia, the, the, the result is aesthetically interesting. This guy, I don't even like that. So I really don't, I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely one of those things that probably in people's minds, right? And, and uh, the overall ethics of it, you know, are dubious. Legally, he, he absolutely can do it. But should he be doing it? Is it morally right? And, you know, that's obviously the same type of thing that we've had arguments upon in terms of our discussions of protests and covering people who are at protests and protesters wanting not wanting their photograph taken or wanting their faces blurred. Right. And, you know, at the bottom, at the end of the day, regardless of how we personally feel about, you know, a photojournalist or a photographer out on the street taking our pictures, it's like they're legally in the right. But should they be doing it? Is it ethically right? And uh, I would say, you know, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some some dubiousness to it, and it does give a, a bad taste in your mouth. Um, it's, it kind of reminds me of the photographer or, quote, artist, you know, who took screenshots of people's Instagram, like, photos and, you know, had, like, a comment on it. And then he published that in a museum, and people are buying these things for thousands of dollars. None, you know, the original photographer gets nothing out of it. You know, and it's just this huge deal, and there's this—I don't know what the you know current status of the lawsuits are, but this guy is like known for getting constantly sued um, for his work. Uh, Ron, what are your thoughts on the, this guy and sort of his text messaging yeah. photo story? Do you think there's any um, any any validity to what he's doing, or think it's just basically completely uh, out of hand? I think it's perfectly fine. Uh, I wouldn't do it myself. Right. I don't. I don't like sticking my camera in people's phones or whatever. Um, but it's just for me. It's another form of street photography. I. I, I don't have. A, like, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, if he wants to do it, that's up to him. I wouldn't do it myself. But it, it is what you said. If people are in public, um, it's iffy because it's not just. Uh, I, in fact, when I was looking at uh, Philip Lorca de Corsa. Uh, his his photographs here. Um, I have a less of a problem with what he's doing because this is just this is just street portraits, mm. more essentially street portraits. Yeah. Uh, I don't have as much of a problem with that as I do with uh, people's text messages. It's a bit more um, intimate that you're you're not just taking a picture of a guy on the street. Okay, I'm in the street. There's a million cameras looking at me all day long. Right. What's one more? My text messages. I kind of want to keep those private, you know. I, I, if I'm talking, uh, me and me and Camilla texting each other, uh, well, hey, let's go eat some vegetables tonight, and uh, yeah, I like vegetables. And then next thing you see, we're we're on the internet. Look at these these vegetarian dummies talking about vegetables, something like that, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. That's like, oh, that feels a more, more invasive, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. That's not just my face; it's my thoughts. So it's 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 more invasive. Uh, and it's because it's it's that kind of thing. I wouldn't do it myself. I, I I would consider that more egregious than taking somebody's picture. However, 
if he wants to do it, he's documenting daily life in a modern society where that's how we do things. It's by text. Mm-hmm. It's up to him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I would be more, I would have more of an issue with him and what he's doing if, like, you could tell who these people were and, and it was done in such a way where there was no anonymity to it. Because in all honesty, who's saying he's, this is even, all this stuff isn't staged, right? Who's saying that he's right, not he having be people? Right, making it all up. That's yeah, true. I mean, yeah. there's nothing. It's just your hand and a phone and some interesting conversation being happened on a text. I mean, I see it on Reddit all the time where it's like fake text back and forth conversations being posted online. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like the difference between this, you know, invading someone's privacy or just creating fiction. Like, there's no, there's no way to prove either way, and that sort of anonymity there, like. You know, if you, if you take, again, if you look at what he's showing, there's nothing identifiable in any of the photographs. If, if there were, then I would have an issue with that. Then I would I would see that as more of an issue. Um, and that's why I see probably the, you know, the photos of these people's faces, you know, in this, uh, the flash that, you know, Camila brought up is probably more invasive than the, what the text messages are. Because, again, you're, you're showing people um, walking on the street. Now... In general, street photography terms, you know, this is, you know, bar. This is uh, textbook street photography. The only difference is they're using an artificial light source, which of course makes it different from typical street photography. Um, and of course, street photography in general is done without the permission of the people being photographed. It's it's meant to capture, you know, unguarded, un unrehearsed moments. So I want to throw it back to you, um, Camila, and, and kind of dissect this, you know, what he's doing, because I think this is pretty, this might be a little bit more interesting than the text message thing. You know, you find what he's doing offensive. Is it the display of the photograph? I'm, 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 I'm trying to think, is it one thing or is it multiple things that makes it sort of repugnant to you? Is it the display of the photographs in a museum? Is it the taking without permission? Is it the using of flash? Um, all of the above. Or is it all of them? <laughs> You know, the kind of... Uh, you know, about uh, Philippe Larc de Corse? Yeah, about his work and in, in this, this product that he's, you know... I think... Um, and how, how, does your, how, do, how does your overall opinion of general street photography meld into this? Are you against all street photography? Yeah. Well, I think that, that if you want to take... Uh, if you take someone's picture and the street, uh, uh, why not to care and go and ask the permission? You know, mm-hmm. go and ask. Like after the fact. Ask them to, yeah, ask them to sign uh, uh, authorization. Uh, I don't know. You know, Philippe Larco de Corsa made thousands of dollars with these pictures. Mm-hmm. He was actually sued by one of them. Oh, really? Uh, one of the, his, yes, but he, he won, of well, yeah, course. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's American. So. Well, you know, I mean, there is a... I think I, I agree. Like you know, if you can get permission from people to use their imagery, then yeah, by all means. You know, it's it's kind of like what we said about protest work. You know, if you can get buy-in from the people you're taking a picture of, yeah, great, perfect, and you know, by all means. But then there's always that risk, though, that they won't want their picture being shown, yeah. and then you have you know potentially an awesome photograph that will never see the light of day. Um, and that's probably the reason why. And also, I think it sets a, a precedent. Right, where if you're requiring permission now from someone, then you're essentially putting the entire sort of editorial and photojournalism industry 
in a sort of bad place. Like if this were sort of a law, right, or the norm, if you had to get permission from the subjects in order to right. publish their image, that's going to completely decimate what it can be. And, and again, there's the overall laws of First Amendment and freedom of speech and freedom of press to be able to do their job. I think it could potentially set a bad precedent and impede with that. Um, yeah. So it's like, you know, how do you protect people's privacy, but also be able to protect, you know, photojournalists, visual journalists' ability to do their job, right? And, you know, thankfully, yeah. we have that freedom to document in and document you and anyone on the street, anything that can be seen in public. Um, yeah, how how is it? Pasha in... is not a, a photojournalist. He's an artist. Mm -hmm. His pictures were not in a, in a newspaper. Mm -hmm. They were in a gallery and mm -hmm. museums. It's very different. Also, this guy, uh, what's his name again? I don't remember the the one on the. Um, uh, the text up. guy, Mark. Yeah, the text Mark's guy. Somebody, I believe. Yeah, they are not. Jeff. Jeff Mermelstein. Uh, yeah, they are not journalists. So no, I they're not. Different. Yeah, they're not journalists. But again, displaying a photograph in an, an art museum is not commercial photography, right? It's still editorial in nature and artistic <clears throat> in nature. It's it, so the the they can still do it legally. That's why he wasn't. You know, there was nothing. You know, again, you can sue him for what he did, but he was going to win because there's nothing illegal about printing works and putting it up in a wall. It's when, you know, you try and sell that, oh, I'm going to sell my Maybelline product or my, you know, my, my shades right. with one of these photographs. Then, obviously, <clears throat> you get into the whole, you know, you need to pay the model and the release and all that stuff. So it's still in that sort of sphere of I am doing, you know, freedom of be able to, you know, cover things that are in public and public view and demonstrating and showing that. Again, I think you, you could get into sort of uh, set a bad precedent, even in this case, where you know, you're, again, you said bad precedent in terms of what you can and can't photograph. Um, what are the rules like in Brazil? Are they more restrictive than in America with regard to taking no. pictures of people, strangers? Or is it? No. Okay. <laughs> is it the same there? If you're, if you're in public, then you can be photographed exactly the same? Like, could this guy yeah, do this project in so. Brazil? I think so. I, I've never, uh, I've never... I don't do this kind of photography. I'm not quite sure, but I think it is. You know, I've done some um, fashion street photography, but I asked people to post to me. They didn't sign anything, but I asked them, "Can right. I take mm -hmm. your picture?" Okay. And they said, "Yeah." But um, I think it's pretty much the same. Right. Yeah, and looking mm -hmm. at your work, I mean, obviously, you have some very intimate portraits, and you know, very sort of beautiful artistic works and it looks like all of the um, of course I mean, I'm sure all of the subjects you know they had buy-in and they were working with you and you know it was a collaborative arrangement I assume right right what have you uh, have you has your work been featured in galleries and whatnot <clears throat> uh, not yet in galleries hopefully one day but I've been in many um, uh, collective shows and photography festivals. It was actually was in the the Aperture Foundation in New York. Can be, can be. I think it's almost like a gallery there. Yeah. Hey, I'm sorry, Ron. But, I can hear you typing. <laughs> like it's very loud. 
I'll stop. I'll Thanks. Stop. I appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> but I've, I've, it, it's been showing many, oh, actually has been in some museums and yeah. Okay. And I mean, obviously you would love to have your work featured, you know, the work you've uh, on your website featured and printed in museums, right? I mean, that's kind of like one of your sure. goals. Yeah, it's my ultimate goal, sure. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Do you think you would, if you put your work in a museum and sold the work for thousands of dollars, would you share that with the subjects that you photographed? Maybe, yeah. yeah. I, I was, uh, uh, I don't know if I would share forever, but I might give them some money. I was a finalist of a uh, prize. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this prize. It's called Welcome Photography Prize. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I was um, one of the finalists and with one picture. And I had an agreement with the, 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 my, the subject that if I won, I, we would split the money. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. That's very I mean, nice of you. It's his face right there. You you know, it's his story. I I think he he's just fair. Um, I don't know if I would do that if I had like a body of work. Mm -hmm. If I you know. Yeah. But with one person that would would be so exposed, I think it's just fair. Even though they all signed a release. Right. Uh, saying that I have all the rights for the, the pictures and stuff. Sure. No, that's very nice of you. I mean, that's probably most people wouldn't do that. So it's nice of you to, to consider that and be considerate and do that for sure. Um, yeah. Getting back to the, you know, the text messaging uh, photo book. I mean, I won't purchase it. I won't buy it myself. I, I really don't care that much to see, you know, if I want to see text message conversations, I can go to Reddit. That they they love to post those online funny text message conversations. People usually share them themselves. You know, it's like, actually, you know what I find is funny is uh, text message stories. Have you ever seen this? What's well, it's like a whole it's a whole genre of storytelling that exists only within the text message like window of a phone. And there's actually some very creative, well done stories out there. Now there's some also some garbage stories. But the ones that do it right and they time it right, those are the ones that are just like you can actually get involved in, in um, into the story like they're doing. Like, it's, again, it's like the ones that, you know, really work on it and have like they'll have multiple conversations going with multiple people. And like one person will be texting about something else and the RP person will be texting about that and they'll share pictures. And it's just there's some very intriguing ones out there. And then there's some very lazy ones out there that just basically present the text in full speed with no pauses or breaks. It doesn't feel like someone's actually typing anything. It's just, here's a bunch of text and read it. Um, so yeah, text message stories, go check those out on the YouTube there. You'll, 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 you'll suck up about an hour worth of your time right there. Uh, anyways. All right. Well, any other tops or uh, topics or I'm sorry, thoughts or talk about this topic before we move on? No. All right. <laughs> I like that. Definitive. Cover your phone. Cover your phone when you text. Yeah, get that. Look, uh, look over your shoulder. Look over your shoulder. <laughs> they do make the like privacy screens, like privacy screen protectors for phones now. So, you know, if you want that sort of yep. limitation of the view angle. So the viewing angle is only what you can see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So people looking at the side, they can't see what you're typing. Exactly. 
or whatever I else you're that. surfing on the internet, whatever pictures you might be looking at. I don't know. I don't judge you, uh, Ron. Around the lens. I got around the lens right there. I don't want anybody to know I'm looking around the lens. <laughs> yeah, they might look over your shoulder. What is that around the lens you're looking at? Oh. You'd be like, oh, well, you can Good give point. to their, you can give to their Patreon. A or a Patreon, right. which, by the way, if you'd like to support the show and get everything we do a few days early, go to patreon.com slash around the lens. And throw us a buck or two. We appreciate it. As little as a dollar a day. Yeah. You can feed me and my family for as little as a dollar a day. All right. Let's talk about copyright infringement because that's something we love to talk about on this page. Actually, this was something you brought up to me. Right, Ron? This was the, the Volvo story. So why don't you go ahead and introduce it? I'm going to bring up back. all the topics on the show, Dave. You, you bring up the majority. I, pre- yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> so, so I just don't show up very often. No, that's fine. You're, you're a silent partner most of the time. There you go. There All you right, go. Ron. Well, tell us so about this we're story. So talking about here is the Volvo guy. The Volvo guy. What was the story with this? Oh, he took a picture of his Volvo. And, uh, and a he model. Said, Look at this great photograph. And a model, yeah. Photographer yeah, model. Jack Schroeder and his model, Brit- Brittany Sumida. Okay, go ahead, Ron. Yeah, so he has the, has the girl on the car, and he says, look at this great picture of the car. I'm going to put it on Instagram so all my friends can see what a great photographer I am and how, how beautiful the girl is and how beautiful the car is. And look at this beautiful Instagram photo. Boom. And Volvo said, wow, that is a very interesting, beautiful photograph. We would like to use that for our ad campaign. So they did like our friend with the uh, the screenshots of the Instagram and put it on a big poster and put it in a museum. They put an ad out of it. Yeah. And uh, the guy was... Um, upset, he says, "What? You can't do that. That's my photograph of the Volvo." And they said, "Yes, but we're Volvo." And he says, "Well, I'm going to sue you." And they said, "Well, have at it, buddy." And uh, and uh, what happened? They win? Well, I can't remember the story. I think there's uh, two going on. I know. I know there was Is another it? similar case where the enterprise that I think it was BuzzFeed lost, and so this should also end in a similar losing situation for Volvo because. They're all doing this based on a misinterpretation or, or Instagram's terms of service and how they interpret them. And as long as the yep. judge follows precedent of the previous Instagram case, there should be no reason why Volvo gets away with what they're doing. Um, I should also mention that the model uh, got into a little bit of trouble for this because yeah. she was actually associated with another car company to be their model. And so it's kind of put her in hot water. So it's, it's not a, a good thing for them. And really, it's just bothers me that these big companies these companies that are multi-billion dollar companies that can obviously afford to pay a small licensing fee to a photographer for their work and their art are just not not caring um you know camila what are your thoughts on this have you ever had anybody use your work without your permission or you know um yeah yeah and what, what do you do to protect your work is there is there like a copyright office in brazil that you file your stuff with or Actually, um, I I keep my my Instagram uh, private. Okay. It's, I have a, ah. uh, I think uh, this is the only thing I can do, like um, uh, about Instagram. That right. But uh, well, that protects you from I think embedding, right? So you know people can't embed your work if it's private. Um, but they can, yeah. if the, you know, you do accept them to be your friend on Instagram, you know, they like, oh, I'm not Volvo. I'm John V. Olvo. Like, okay, John, come on aboard. You can see my work. Oh, beautiful. Download, download, download. Um, but I mean, what, what are the rules for Brazil in terms of copyright and how do you protect your work in Brazil? 
I don't have like any sort of protection. Like, oh, okay. But um, but I mean, let's say like some company wanted to take took one of your pictures without permission and used it for an ad campaign in Brazil. I mean, what would you do at that point? Anything? I would sue. Yeah, okay. I would sue, of course. And I think I would win. Yeah. So yeah. there are there are copy protections. I mean, but you don't know if it's like yeah. life of the author plus X amount of years, or do you know? Well, I, I, I'm, if what I know is that if the I, I, I'm the author of the picture, right. they cannot use it without my my authorization. Yeah. They cannot, mm. you know. And if they do, I can sue them, and I will win. Right, for Absolutely. sure. So I, the Volvo is just like this is capitalism, you guys. Mm -hmm. It's just like. Uh, savage capitalism and they are I mean it, that's what exactly what you said they could pay like a, a, a fee that for them is like nothing yeah. but they prefer being jerks and just stealing a photographer's picture and using using the the and use the the model's uh, image, you know, without her permission. You know, it's the same thing. They they think they can do it all. Right. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how, you know, again, people think that just because they're using this service, and it even goes to show, like, the larger idea of ignorance from the general public where they think, oh, if it's on the Internet, it must be free. What is this copyright you speak of, you know, and... Uh, thankfully, I've never had any of my work stolen that I'm aware of, uh, probably because I'm not as well-renowned as other people. But, you know, I've heard of other people who have had their work stolen. And, and sometimes it's a matter of if they're a company, you can send them an invoice for their for your, you know, for your use of your imagery. Um, or you can take them to court like uh, Jack or I'm sorry, Zach has done uh, with his imagery from Charleston um, and his lawyer. Or you can do a many, many number of things. But, yeah, again, um, copywriting your stuff with your local copyright office if it's you know in your country and you know then making sure to uh, or you know have you ever thought about watermarking your imagery like, no I haven't okay you're not too worried no. about it then well I'm worried but not at that point you know yeah of doing that I I've, I've never thought about it the, um, some people used my pictures and uh, like to share on their Instagram pages and they credit me and everything. Some asked before and I right. agreed, but some just, just they just don't ask. They just yeah. share and they put your my credit and they think that they are doing me a favor. That's right, because that, that's what pays the electric bills, right? Credit. Exactly, exactly, you know. And that's why I, I go to my landlord like, look, look, see, I was in this. Exactly. In this magazine, can I? That, that covers me us for the month, right? Okay, great. Exactly. Go to the supermarket and show the phone to the girl, and she would just get get it, my groceries <laughs> for free. There you go. Oh, you're you're Camila. Oh well. Wow. Oh. Just take it. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> don't don't even worry about it. Here, you want this? Here, take this. Uh, take this wine or whatever. On me. <laughs> Um, but the, the, what I really think is the problem, not not the only problem, but a huge problem is uh, Instagram rules. You right. know, they, they are really messed up. 
Well, I believe, you know, yeah, Instagram, I believe, has clarified their terms of service or whatnot. Um, they probably should have been more clear and not given companies that think, you know, for somehow they have the carte blanche, you know, to, you know, that somehow they're a sub-licensee of Instagram. Um, I think that's that's rampant misinformation. Uh, you know, a lot of the things, too, is a lot of these companies, right, Volvo and others, they have legal teams. You know, they have people they can ask. And throw this stuff at, and either the legal team said, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're good. We read the terms of service, and these people published on Instagram that they have agreed to a uh, a subs license agreement with Instagram. So you're good. Go for it." Um, and you know, again, they have the money to defend themselves if they are ever sued. So they could care less. I mean, it's it's, it's going to yeah, cost them chump change. You know, again, yeah. but for the price they're going to, you know, fight this in court, they could have just pay the photographer. You know, exactly. But sometimes they they want the, this kind of attention as well. You yeah. Know? Well, I don't Never think. Know. I don't know. I mean, they're they're getting obviously the article on f stoppers here, but I don't know. I don't know. Is that is that? Uh, I don't know either. It's hard to understand. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's like our friend uh, who couldn't be here tonight. Um, Travis Keyes says with his Instagram page, it's like the work he's placing on there. It's obviously not at full resolution because Instagram automatically crunches right. it down. And it's not necessarily the work that is going to be, you know, that's going to be selling, right? It's mostly stuff that, yeah. you know, he likes of him and is sort of artistic and um, experimental stuff. And I think that's just how you have to look at it, you know? Um, that's why I have so much respect for that guy that you hate, the... Um the guy that takes the screenshots and makes uh, gallery photos out of them. It's like, how does he make such huge prints from these tiny little pictures? That's I he deserves know, something for that. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he gets he does des well he doesn't deserve anything, but he does get thousands and thousands of dollars for them. So he's yeah. good. He's good. It's a good business model. Yeah. Um, We're missing out, Dave. I know, right? You don't have to worry about anybody stealing your work uh, from Eagle News, right? Or does Eagle News like ever have to worry about people taking their footage and reusing it without uh, permission? You know, in the Philippines, life is completely different. I, I, I've talked about it before on the show that you watch the news in the Philippines sometimes, and there'll be some video footage, and then in the bottom right corner, there's a little blurry thing. What's that blurry thing over there? Is that a logo from another company that's been blurred oh, out? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I don't are, think are, they have the same. I think they have the same rules. I just don't think they follow the same rules over there. Yeah, I was gonna say, are the copyright <laughs> rules more lax in the Philippines? I think they're. Ex I you know, the Philippines is based on America a lot. A lot of the laws are based on American laws. Yeah. Um. So I'd imagine copyright is one of them. Mm -hmm. But I. But the laws. The laws are the laws. Yeah. But then there's the way they're enforced. Yeah. Right. So I. I think they're more lax in enforcement over there mm -hmm. about certain things. Indeed, indeed. I mean, who's really watching it if you're not in the Philippines, right? Just, just me. And me, when you send me the clips. Have you done any more, uh, what is it, uh, I haven't, I haven't, foreign I, language uh, speaking? Yeah, I haven't done anything in foreign languages. Oh, my gosh. I want to see more clips, Ron. Okay. I know. It's, it's really funny to watch me speak other languages. I'm not good at any language. other. I'm not too good at English. Yeah. Um, How's your Portuguese? But other languages, I think, massacre. My Portuguese, Fogo de Chão. Yeah. <laughs> Camila, do you speak any other languages besides, obviously, English and Portuguese? A little Spanish. Oh, cool. Verdad? Como está? Como está? Yeah. Hola. Como está? 
¿Cómo estás? Sí. I've been trying to learn Spanish for like the last 10 years. It ain't happening. Just like I tried to learn Korean for like a year. It ain't happening. I am. Yeah. I am. Well, for me, Korean is really, really difficult. I don't, I don't think I would ever learn that. But Spanish is it's sort of easy for me. Yeah. Mucho en común con portugués. Sí, mucho. We know what's when funny. I'm reading on the internet, I can read the Portuguese because I can figure it out yeah. if I'm reading the Portuguese because it's more or less uh, very similar to Spanish. So I can figure things out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I used to I, I say that I speak like uh, Portuñol. Ah. I can mix it of the two languages. Right. But um, people understand me and that's that's great. Hey, that's all you need. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's funny is of the Asian languages, right? You know, they all look complicated because, of course, they're using, you know, the characters Character that aren't set. Roman, you know, characters. Um, yeah. But it, Korean is actually one of the easier Asian languages to learn. Oh. Their alphabet is very, like, simple and easy to understand. Um, and, you know, once you understand the basics of it, you can pretty much not only pronounce anything you're seeing, but also generally understand what it is even well what's funny is like you can actually pronounce korean and when you look at it without having any idea what you're like reading and that's kind of a funny aspect of the the language and you know you know maybe i'll i'll give it another shot here i'm here for another 11 months so uh, who knows who knows all right anyways let's go ahead and move I on i can teach you to read korean in 15 minutes perfect After the show, it'll be Ron. in the show notes. After the it'll show, it'll be in the show notes, folks. You and me, Ron. After the show, I have a private class. All right, let's go ahead and jump to our last topic this evening. Um, we're talking gear. Uh, Petapixel posted a, a story about the confirmed Panasonic full frame S5, which is set to be unveiled on September 2nd. Uh, so this was rumored that Panasonic was working on a sort of budget-friendly mirrorless full-frame mirrorless body. Uh, of course, they they recently joined the mirrorless um, ranks with their S1, S1R, and S1H, all three of which I have and use on a regular basis. All three of which are beautiful cameras that are very powerful and, and capable in terms of what they do, but they are rather pricey. With the S1 starting at $2,000. The S1R going to 3,700 and the S1H going to 4,000. So, you know, Panasonic probably looked at their portfolio and thought, how do we get more people into the full frame mirrorless market? And of course, buying our more expensive mirrorless lenses. And uh, now they're coming out with the S5. And so this story goes into some of the specs, which I'll repeat here, but does not list a price. Um, I'm going to guess, just based on what I'm reading here, that's probably going to be around the $1,300 to $1,600 range. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I know Nikon just recently released the Z5. Everybody's using 5, by the way. Get off of that, all right? That's Canon's thing, uh, which, by the way, Canon R5 is on its way. It'll be here next week, hopefully. So I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, actually getting my hands on it. Hopefully I don't burn my hands, but, you know, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on it to use it. And I'll give you all the feedback on the show and also probably some other videos I work on. Anyways, quickly rundown of the specs here. Uh, 24 megapixel sensor, 2.36 million dot EVF, 7 frames per second shooting. Of course, the 5-axis uh, in-body image stabilization, very angle touchscreen, would expect nothing less. Uh, excuse me, 4K 60 video and 4K 30. 
dual SD card slots as per the usual. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of great uh, capabilities here. A lot of cool stuff coming with this camera. Uh, I guess we'll start with you, Ron. You know, any, any thoughts on this as a as a camera? Are you intrigued by what uh, Panasonic is doing here? I always like new technology, Dave. Uh, this is you know steps forward, moving forward, moves you know rising tide lifts all boats, things like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to change systems again. I, I just got rid of my. Um, You're a Fuji man now. Canon DSLRs. Yeah, I'm a Fuji man now. I got rid of my Canon DSLRs. Um, last time I was in the Philippines, I, I met with some for, former students. Yeah. I gave them all my stuff. Right. I said, guys, uh, go forth and prosper. Yeah. And then uh, a few months later, I, I moved to Fuji because of another podcast guest that came Indeed. on and convinced me. Uh, so. Uh, anyway, that story's been told. Indeed. So I'm a Fuji man now, so I will not change systems again so so quickly. Yeah. But it is good technology. I, I look forward to seeing what happens. And um, uh, I wish you well with new, your new purchase because I, I suspect that uh, being the, the tried and true believer that you are, I think you're going to ditch your Canon as soon as this thing is available. No, no. no. I, I'm, I'm fully back on the Canon bandwagon. Um, you know, this camera is nice. And all of the S1 and you know, S-series cameras from... Panasonic are beautiful machines, but in terms of raw power, you know, and raw capability, the Canon just has what I want. And so, and, and like, you know, I think deep in my heart, I'm a Canon boy, you know, I'm a Canon fanboy. you know, I love my 5D Mark II. I, you know, I love the Panasonic series, you know, as well. And I think perhaps I will switch back to them in the future someday, but for right now, Canon, you know, they won me back. You know, the, I came. Crom Was it the F11 lenses? That's what got you. The F11 the, lenses. Oh, I am intrigued by them. I mean, uh, that 800 millimeter is, you know, captivating and probably something I might add to my collection uh, in the future. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely neat what to see what they're doing in terms of the the RF lens mount, um, because that's I think right. where you're getting the most out of the new full frame mirrorless systems is the RF lens mount. The you know the shorter flange distance and what camera manufacturers can do with right. that. Is, is really intriguing. So um, I commend Panasonic for going in this direction. I think it kind of spells the end for micro four thirds in all honesty. I mean, perhaps we'll see a GH6. I sure hope that we do. But with this camera, I think Panasonic is saying, listen guys, we'll support micro four thirds maybe in our cheap, cheap, you know, vlogger cameras that they, I, they just came out with one earlier this year. But I mean, I think they're saying like, hey, get, get on over to full frame, you know? Quit, quit tooling around in mirrorless. That was sort of a, a stopgap measure until we could get full frame up and Maybe. Running. Maybe. I mean, because you're... It could you're, happen. I, well, I was saying your Fuji well, oh, film I'm, cameras are, are APS-C crop, right? APS-C, yeah, we're cropped. Yeah, 1.5 crop on the on the Fuji there, right. uh, like Nikon's, uh, yeah. 1.5. Uh, it's not a big deal for me. Honestly, uh, I think as photojournalists, we want cameras that have you know low light, uh, capabilities and right. uh, you get better low light with full frame than you sure do with do. Uh, crop sensors. Yeah, uh, but technology—you know—the higher ISOs are performing better. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you, you said you obviously moved to your new system, but you're not thinking about going and changing just because of full frame. Like full frame isn't enough to pull you over and away from Fuji, right? Like there would have to be now, something. Not now. I, I'm happy with what I got. I'm happy with the system that I've, I've, I've got going right now. It seems to be working fine. Yeah. Um, I haven't come across any limitations that I said, oh, golly, if I if I had a full frame, I could have done a better job. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Uh, it, it could happen someday, but 
Yeah. I doubt it. It, it. Cameras are pretty good these days. That's yeah. why I think the same thing with the Micro Four Thirds. Yeah, they're not great in low light. Uh, they're pretty good. You know, like you said, the high ISOs are better. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know if they're going to get rid of the Micro Four Thirds line, but you're more tuned in with that product than I am. Yeah, I, I don't see them getting rid of it anytime soon. I think there's just too much glass out there uh, to to completely right. so abandon. Right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I still think there'll be a another gh in the series i just can't imagine there's so much love for that camera i mean i still have it i still use it i'll still continue to use it after i get the canon r5 but i, I don't know i don't know again i will be moving myself professionally towards full frame mirrorless going forward with the r5 and its successors so i don't see myself devoting or i, mean, I just sold almost every single one of my mirrorless mm -hmm. micro four third lenses on ebay and thankfully that helped pay for the majority of my new camera body just the body unfortunately i, I do have one lens so um i could sell a bit more and get more for the rest of my stuff and help cover the rest of the cost but you know anyways um camila what, what are you shooting with i have a, a nikon um g uh, eight 810 g800 yeah. okay g810 that's a great camera um, yeah how it is. i uh, love it yeah have i've you... been using nikon ever s i i have a hasselblad that okay. i haven't used it for many years because yeah. i just can't afford it uh, i i wish i, I could it w that would be my first um choice yeah but i've been using nikon for like 15 years i yeah. i really love it yeah, no, they're a great brand. They were what I started with when I was learning film, and you know, I have a, a lot of um, affection for that brand. I don't currently use any of their equipment, nor do I see myself ever going back to them. But you know, great brand, very, very, very good cameras. You know, I think for you as a stills only photographer, right? Like you don't shoot any video, do you? No. Okay, I think for you, stills only. You know, the mirrorless sort of revolution doesn't have the kind of weight and sort of urgency perhaps um to switch over but you know being a nikon user have you thought about or looked at the nikon z6 z7 z5 series of cameras that they have they intrigue you at all yeah they do actually uh i might switch when i got my next body okay but i the, because the thing is um they uh, nikon and in canon they um uh, what's the word? They they had the, this the this. Sorry, the word is not coming. But they, say say it they, in Portuguese. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Whatever. They are they are uh, they are um, going for this um, mirrorless um, now. Before they they kind of had the 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 old way and they they sort of um, adapt, adapted to the, the digital. And I think the, the mirrorless is more, would be even better when, might be even better than this, this system that they have now because it's adapted to digital. Yeah. So I'm curious, I've never shot, um, I've never used a mirrorless camera. I, when I got my uh, this my this body, I was thinking about switching for Fuji. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but the guy from B and H convinced me to 
<laughs> to not. <laughs> Those yeah. salesmen are so sneaky. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, they're very well educated and they, you know, they want to give you the best product. And uh, I will say, I'll give this to B&H. And you go in there saying you want X, Y, and Z and they'll be like, uh, are you sure you need that? Uh, you know, we got a used department right. over here. Uh, or maybe you, maybe you want the less expensive glass. You know, what are you really trying to get out of your, your camera gear? So they aren't always trying to push you know, the high dollar value stuff and, you know, sending up somebody off with the wrong kind of equipment. So, so they, they yeah. convinced you to stick with Nikon and yeah. To, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I would say with, with regard to mirrorless, uh, that's where you're seeing a lot of the technological innovations with regard to lenses. Of course, Nikon has the 0.95 knocked lens. So if you're looking for that wow. super, super low aperture stuff, you can get it from there. And then of course, uh, Canon has the f2 28 to 24 to 70 millimeter lens. It's only $3,000. But, uh, you know, again, right. a super, super wide open uh, lenses like that. So that's where you're seeing a lot of the, the capability coming from is that ability to get sort of the, the really low aperture numbers and um, whatnot. And just really cool, like little innovations. Like I know on the Canon cameras, they have like a little control ring that gives you some additional functionality and stuff like that. But I think beyond that, though, if I were you, Camilla, Camilla, and, you know, you were looking to jump to mirrorless, you know, being that you are, you know, a Nikon user, I would, if I were you, I'd probably try out whatever the Z6 or Z7, you know, whichever camera you think is more uh, fit your needs. I think the 7 is the higher megapixel one. So I, I love megapixels. If I can get more of them, I'll take them. Um, and that's why I'm loving the Canon R5, because you get 45 megapixels. But you know, I would consider, you know, going to one of those bodies and then just using adapter for a lens. You know, I think you're going to get about 90% yeah. of the way there and you can kind of get comfortable with the mirrorless format. And if you kind of like what you're Work seeing your and using it, it, yeah, you switch, yeah. you switch over fully. I don't know if there's a, a robust camera rental business or market in San, no. Sao Paulo. I mean, it is a major metropolitan no. area, so there could be, but... You know, that might be something you want to look at, you know, if that's a feasibility, yeah. but if not. I don't think it, it's nothing like in New York that right. where you can rent whatever you want. Yeah. And you don't have, you don't even need to, to own a camera if you right. yeah. New York. Mm -hmm. But here you, you can rent, but uh, not everything, you know, right. it's not like we have, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, when I moved back to the States, like I'm seriously considering just not even getting other lenses. Like I have the body and I've got the 24 to 105 F4 for my Canon. Mm -hmm. And I may just have that, you know, cause that's a pretty robust versatile lens that was, I got for relatively cheap. Right. You know, if I really need other lenses, I'll just go to lensrentals.com and I'll ship me a couple lenses I need uh, and I'll charge that to the customer, whoever, whoever's hiring me. Yep. I don't, yeah. right. you know, just a line item expense in my overall cost of doing business. So. Exactly. You know, I've, I've again, I. Yeah, for a while, I. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. After no, you. Saying, for a while, I. <laughs> thank you, sir. Yeah. After you. After you. Uh, for a while, I was working only with uh, 24 to 105 and uh, 100 to 400. Yeah. And anything else I would rent. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I could see myself getting the 800 just because it's such a neat novelty lens, you know, and I could definitely see myself using that going to the park going to the zoo, you know, especially when I want to photograph people's screens, you know, when they're doing text messaging, that would come in very handy for that, for my very new handy. book. Yeah, mm -hmm, totally. Or if I well, want to just... Better, 
that's why you want mirrorless because you can do electronic shutter. Oh yeah, 100%. that way they can't even hear you when, you, you when you're getting over their shoulder. They won't even hear a word. Yeah, they won't hear like, click click. No, no, it's yeah. quiet. That is the one thing if you're a still shooter to consider with mirrorless is that ability to silent shoot because that is just the right. the holy grail in terms of I think trying to be a fly on the wall and do photojournalism, and that's that's you, you get your dividends with that. So if you're considering going mirrorless as a photographer that's probably the biggest selling point i can think of comparing it to i found a out the DSLR. hard way though there's there's a problem with electronic shutters i didn't yeah. know I, I you know using mirrors and whatnot mm -hmm. as, I, as i have most of my life but the electronic shutter you can't do motion no um, not really it yeah nothing it, fast uh, yeah, you can't do fast motion. You can't move your camera, and you mm -hmm. can't get somebody uh, moving. It's going to warp the image with an yeah. electronic shutter. And uh, you can research why that is. It doesn't matter. Uh, the point is you have to have the click if you want to capture motion. You have to do the uh, yeah. uh, mechanical shutter. Yeah, it's, it's just basically the rolling shutter. But I will say uh, I have used electronic shutter on military um, formations, the silent drill team. It does, it does make some interesting effects, like the way it – curves the rifle oh. as they're spinning it i thought eh, that's, that's pretty cool. neat actually and i actually kept that's those cool. in my take i was like oh that's a neat little effect you know something different yeah. something people look at you know make it like oh that's weird that's you know, sets you apart it's photoshop yeah i know right uh, but uh yeah you know definitely check it out uh, i think regardless of you know your or i desires to stick with mirrored dslrs i think mirrorless are, are the way of the future you know no matter what we mm -hmm. like so i think you're going to be upgrading to a mirrorless in the future camila whether you want yeah, to or not. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's just that's where the market's going. It'll be like film cameras to DSLR, now DSLR to mirrorless. So anyways. Yeah. All right, well, I think that's going to get us to the end of this week's show. Um, Camila, where can people find about more about you and your work? You can find me on Instagram. It's uh, at Kami Falcon. Or you can go to my website, which is Kami Falcon as well. And can you spell that for people who aren't willing to go to see, look at our show notes? It's C-A-M-I-F-A-L-C-A-O. All right, great. That's your Instagram. Perfect. All right, go there for Instagram. Yeah. Uh, ask to be a uh, member, I guess, or subscriber. <laughs> and, and maybe, maybe yeah. she'll let you in. It's a very exclusive club. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. As long as you don't steal her stuff and put it in an ad campaign, you're more than welcome. Yeah, I, I, uh, I keep my Instagram private before this, okay. this whole thing because I shoot a lot of uh, transgender people right. and I transphobic uh, people almost uh, took my account down. So oh wow, jeez. I I I I try to keep them away from me. Yeah. Now. Is Brazil like? I can imagine. Is Brazil generally accepting of people, you know, they're they're trans and and homosexual and stuff, or is there still sort of that um, stigma there that exists within the culture? Brazil, Brazil. Unfortunately, Brazil is the country that kills the most transgender people in the world. Oh, geez, that's horrible. Yeah, and it's also the country that. Um, search for most pornography with these people. Oh my god, that's yeah. like one of those like Pornhub. You know, they do those uh, breakdowns of what people are searching for, where, yeah. and what country, and it's always the most like restrictive countries. You know, that have the most just yeah. 
messed up fetishes or whatever, you know, again, from people's outside perspective, like, you, you know, the Midwest Bible Belt of the United States are the ones looking up, you know, the kinky uh, stuff online. But uh, yeah, that's interesting. Right. It's, it's, yeah, it's like the private sort of what people feel in their hearts or whatever they want to do in their private lives. And then the public like, no, we hate that. And we're going to, you know, yeah. it's like, it's just so crazy to see that kind of dichotomy. And I'm sorry that it exists there, but you know, thanks yeah. for what you're doing in terms of, yeah, thanks for what you're doing in terms of highlighting it. And I saw your work and some beautiful work there. Um, so very, very brave of your subjects to be willing to be photographed, especially considering, you know, the, the nature of, of the sort of area they're in. So, but yeah. awesome body work. Everybody go check out her stuff. Uh, awesome stuff. You'll find the link in the show notes. Ron, anything uh, we need to hear about from you before we sign off? Uh, continue watching around the lens. We appreciate it. That's right. When are we going to see some hot takes, Ron? I really want to see some hot takes. Yeah, I know. I want to do hot takes. I, I imagine um, it should be in the works. I'm sure you could do a hot take on, what is that, that, uh, that little device you got on Kickstarter? couple years ago oh you know they, they make a new one now uh is it out already it called uh arsenal no i saw the uh, i saw the ad on instagram yeah. arsenal 2.0 and my comment was fool me once <laughs> dot 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 <laughs> that's right i might have been the first commenter on that post I don't yeah know. right we well, could do you could do a hot take on the arsenal 2 and be like what is this garbage do not buy this I am a living representation. Have you tried it yet, Dave? Did you try it? That's <laughs> on my list of you things still need to do, right? I just gotta get that cable. I know. That terminal, know. the terminal quest for that cable. I'll get it one of these days, Ron. Don't worry. All right. Uh, well, again, as Ron mentioned, check out everything we do at Around the Lens at AroundTheLens.com. You can find, of course, our show notes for this week's episode and links to everything we talked about. In addition, you'll find links to all of our social media. So if you'd like to follow us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, follow us on the Instagrams or the Twitters. Uh, like what we're doing here. Uh, that would be much appreciated at the minimum. Please you know, find us on these platforms. Like us. Subscribe. If possible, leave a comment. Let us know what you thought about what we're talking about here. Do you agree? Disagree? Do you know... Are we completely off base or, you know, whatever. Just, you know, kind of leave a comment. Really appreciate that. We will, I will absolutely engage with you on those platforms. It's, it's a complete joy to me to be able to engage with and get feedback from uh, our listeners and our subscribers. So, you know, by all means. And again, if you have the financial means and ability to do so and would like to get our stuff early, please go to patreon.com uh, slash around the lens and, and throw us a bone. Uh, it's, it's truly appreciated. I really want to feed my children this week, and your um, donations go a long way towards that. Um, anyways, and we want to feed uh, Ron's um, foreign exchange students, if I can <laughs> mention that. Yeah, so, you yeah, know. go ahead, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you hold very little back. Go ahead. <laughs> Indeed. All right, then. Well, I think uh, that's it for episode 239 of Around the Lens. Again, thank you, Camila, so much for being on. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. All right. Great to have you. Uh, for Ron Hamilton, I am David J. Murphy. This has been Around the Lens, episode 239, and we are out. Thanks for listening to Around the Lens. We hope you enjoyed the show. To continue the conversation, head on over to one of our social media outlets, such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or Twitter. To support the show financially, consider donating to us via Patreon. For show notes from this week's episode and links to everything else we talked about, just go to our website, aroundthelens.com. 
Finally, if you or someone you know might be a good guest for the show, get in touch with us via email at info at aroundthelens.com.